I am so glad you have decided to come on in to my help. Hi, my name is Yvonne Gerard, and today we are going to talk about a subject that I wonder if you have problems with. I hope I'm not the only one, but let's chat about it together. Um, we're going to talk about the word rest. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have a little bit of trouble in this area. <laughs> and I want to back up by saying, you know, a lot of these podcasts that I'm going to do, they will be to help you in various ways at different times of the day. But it is my hope that when you listen to these podcasts, that you will be encouraged and it will calm you and it will give you a sense of peace and help you to know that you're not alone. Amen. So today we're going to talk about the word rest. And I had to laugh because when the Lord called me to do these podcasts, <laughs> it was geared toward rest and sleep, peace, <laughs> all those things that have been a little bit of a struggle for, for me this past year. And call it menopause, call it whatever you want to. Um, the struggle is real. Amen. So he is helping me through all of it. But one thing that I, I've talked to quite a few people about, and they have trouble resting. Now, some of you may be able to relate. You're, you work, you do things all day. Then when it's time to go to sleep at night, you can't quiet your mind. You can't seem to sit still. And even during the day, when you have moments of time with seemingly nothing that is pressing to do, you still can't find yourself to rest, to be still. Is that you? I hope I'm not alone. But when I read the passage, Psalm 23, I really feel like when, I think it's, it's Psalm 23, verse 2, where he says, and he makes me to lie down in green pastures. I feel like he literally has to make me be still. Can any of you guys relate to that? Why is it so hard, especially for women, to be still? I have a little notepad next to me that um, I started keeping um, because it seems like whenever I, I do my devotion time or quiet time with the Lord, I start thinking about all the things I need to do. So I just start writing them down. As I'm doing my devotion, I sure do, I write it down. It's amazing how clear your mind gets when you're trying to uh, focus on the Lord and what he would like to speak to your heart when you're still. And those of you that know me know I'm a word nerd. I like to deep, deep, deeply dig into the word to find out what words mean in the passages in the Hebrew or the Greek to find out its original meaning meaning so I can apply it to my life. You know, we can't just read the word. We have got to let the word read us. I'm going to say that again. Don't just read his word. 
let his word read you. What does that take? It takes time to be still. It takes time to hear what he has to say. You know, we all say, you know, we follow the Lord and we want to hear him. We want, we want him to lead us. We want him to guide us. But do we really wait to hear what he has to say? I mean, come on, if you think about the relationships you have with some of the closest people to you in your life, what would happen if you were the one doing all the talking? And then when you were done talking, you just looked at them and said, bye. What kind of relationship would that be? And how long would it take before that relationship grew stagnant? Or you felt alone in that relationship. It's the same thing, guys. When we talk to him, Jesus, when we talk to him, we make it sometimes a dialogue one way. We have to make it two ways. Excuse me. Let me back that up. We make it a monologue where it's just us talking. We have to make it a dialogue, two-way conversation. Do you know he has things that he wants to speak to your heart and my heart right now? But we have to be still. We have to be quiet before him. And for those of us who struggle with being still, I understand. I get it. I get it. Even right now while I'm doing this podcast, my... <laughs> my I am sitting here talking to you guys and my mind is going off looking around my office to things I need to do as well. I'm just being real with y'all. We have to quiet our mind. It takes intentionality. It takes us having to say, I am focusing on you, Lord. What do you have to speak to my heart? See, Psalm 4610 says to be still. And know that I am God. Well, you know, one day I had to find out what be still really means because I had trouble and still have trouble being still. Guys, he blew my mind when I found out what be still means. Do you want to know? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because <laughs> I will tell you what be still means. Be still in the original Hebrew means let go, leave it alone. My goodness, when I read that, I had to read it several times because I'm like in my mind, I'm thinking, well, be still means be still. Don't move, don't speak, don't blink, don't do anything. Just be still and you get a picture of someone, you know beautiful church just being silent before the Lord which is true it does mean to be still but in that passage in the Hebrew go look it up in the Strong's Concordance everything in the Old Testament is Hebrew everything in the New Testament you look up the Greek it means leave alone let go so let's let's listen to that again Leave it alone. Let go and know that I am God. 
Does that change it? You better believe it does. What are the reasons why? One of many reasons why he wants us to be still is because those things that you're laboring over, answers that you're needing for prayers, those relationships that are strange, those finances that don't seem to come in, the plan that you wanted for your life is not coming out right. You may have uh, just things going on in your life right now that you're trying to fix. And he just wants to get us quiet enough to shut our mind off and focus on him long enough, long enough for us to stop talking and for him to start speaking. And he's saying, leave it alone. That situation, that outcome, that relationship, that thing you're trying to fix, leave it alone. Let it go. Release it to me. And know that I am God, honey, not you. Why is it, especially as women, we try to fix things? I understand. We try to fix things. We, it's good to plan. It's real good to plan. It's, it's wise to plan. But there are just some things in life that you just have to let go. And know that he is God. So we're talking about being still. We're talking about resting. We're talking about getting to that quiet place. Do you know that being still is an active place of position? Do you understand that you are doing spiritual warfare when you are at rest and when you are still? It doesn't feel like it, does it? We get a picture of a warrior who's out there on the battlefield just taking up every weapon that we that we can imagine that's available to us and just swinging it here and there and 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 being active and running and leaping but yet he says be still and when we're doing that and when we're at rest we're trusting in him to take over in the situation he's given us all these tools that we need to succeed in this life. He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness, the word says. But one of the things that we need is rest. Imagine if you were to go and I was to go out throughout this life and and we just decided that we're just going to go, 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 do, 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 make, uh, take advantage of all of our 24 hours in the day and we never slept and we never rested. How long do you think you would be able to keep your sanity? How long would you be able to make wise choices? How long before your relationships would be strained if you didn't rest or if you, did, if you weren't still? He wants us to be at rest. I want, I want to read this to you. Psalm 23, and I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation because I love me some Passion Translation. Listen to this. It says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He tracks, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and he revives my life. 
He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring him honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have conquered fear. You remain close to me and you lead me through it all the way. And your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away all my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near me. Lord, you become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and your love, they pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through here, I'll just return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. Oh, isn't that beautiful, guys? Wow. The New Living Translation says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I want to camp on that for just a minute before I close. That word rest in the Hebrew means to sit, to lie, lie down, or to recline. Now, when I describe these things to you in the Hebrew, I want you to close your eyes. Unless you're driving, of course. (laughs) Get a picture of this. I'm big on illustration and pictures. The Lord speaks to me through pictures and it helps me to grasp it and understand it and apply it to my life. It's a beautiful picture of the Good Shepherd. Oh, it's one of my favorite passages. The Good Shepherd, He makes me to sit. He makes me to lie down. He makes me to recline. When you recline, You are at rest. And it says, and he leads me to green pastures. See, after he makes us rest, after he makes us recline, he leads us. Now, guys, listen to what in the Hebrew lead means. It blew my mind. Now, guys, most of you who know me know that um, I love my bling. Okay. I have a little jewelry business on the side and that's just, I love things that sparkle and I love things that shine and I just love jewelry. The first definition of the word lead there, he leads us. That word lead there in the Hebrew, if you don't believe me, go to your Strong's Concordance. Look in the Hebrew, pull up Psalm 23. And I believe it's verse two and look at what it says. It blew my mind. Guys, it means to run with sparkle. You think I'm kidding. Go look it up in the Strong's Concordance. I've never seen that. I'm 57. One of my favorite passages and I have never, ever seen that in my life. He not only leads us, but he causes us to run, not with exhaustion and and sweat from our brow, like, oh my gosh, I just don't think I'm going to be able to take 
another moment of you leading me this way, God. No, he causes you to run with sparkle. (laughs) That means you're going to flourish. You're going to shine. It's going to be, yes, I know it seems hard sometimes, but it's going to be almost effortless. You're going to sparkle. I couldn't believe it, guys. That's in there. He causes us to run with a sparkle, to flow. And it also means that he carries us. He feeds us. He guides us. And he leads us gently on. Not like um, someone who's harsh with us, telling us, you must do this. No, he causes us to gently lead us. I mean, come on, ladies. Who doesn't want us to lead us in that way? It also means to sustain us. He feeds us. He sustains us. That means we have everything we need. Guys, and I just learned this. I just learned this the other day. This is from a Jewish rabbi. Again, just learned this. You know, it's interesting to learn about the Jewish culture because you really understand um, when you read the word and you understand the Jewish culture, it makes things just, just, I mean, mind blown. Okay. Well, there's so much I could say about this, but green pastures, what do you think of when you think of a green pasture? When I think of a green pasture, it's like when my husband and I are driving through the mountains and especially right now in the fall and the grass has just been so green and the, you know, the pastures are rolling and you see the cows and the horses and it's just rolling green pastures till your eye can't see anymore. Get a picture of that right now. Is that what you see when you see green pastures? It's what I see. It's what I thought he meant in Psalm 23. You see, David wrote this and he was a shepherd. And he's talking about his good shepherd, Jesus. This came from a Jewish rabbi. Do you want to know what a green pasture is? Green pastures. And they still, by the way, they still do this today. Okay. In Israel, they still do this today. A green, a real true green pasture is found among rocky desert terrain, dry, cracked, dusty, rocky terrain, leading the sheep through the green pasture, rocky desert terrain. And what, and what the rabbi said and what the, what the, what the shepherd does is he leads the sheep through this rocky desert terrain to look and among this terrain are green patches of pasture among the rocky terrain. And so the sheep need the good shepherd to go through and find the green pasture. Here's the interesting part also. That green pasture is enough for the sheep to feed on and sustain them and to help them grow and to help them rest on. It's soft 
and they feed on it. But get this, it's only enough for that day. My, my. He leads us to green pastures. He leads us to what we need just for today. And for some of you, that scares you because it scared me a little bit <laughs> at first. Scared like, because how many of us, like us planners, we try to make sure that we have everything that we need. And Proverbs 31 talks about knowing the state of your household and knowing what you need and planning ahead. And those are all good things. But guys, he gives us, he sustains us. He leads us to that green pasture for what we need for this very day. Doesn't it say in his word that give us this day our daily bread? How about when Moses was lead, leading the, the, um, the Israelites through the desert? God gave them manna. Only for that day. In fact, the manna, the bread, the sustenance for that day, by the end of the day, it was spoil. So they couldn't rely on it because the next day he wanted them to rely on him for the next day. And then you go to sleep and you wake up and the next day. It's a beautiful picture of provision. When I'm talking to you about these things, I'm talking to me too. I want to be transparent and real with you guys. He wants us to rest. He wants us to be still and know. He wants us to let go. He wants us to leave the situation alone. You know, when you've done all you can, you stand. And then what do you do? Do you wring your hands and you worry? I understand. You learn to rest. You learn to trust. And rely on the good shepherd. So recline today, rest, be still, let it go. Let him lead you with a sparkle. Let him carry you, let him feed you, let him guide you. Let him give you exactly what you need for today. He's a good shepherd. Oh, it is never his desire. He'll go, he'll leave the 99 just to run after you. He sees your worry, he sees your anxiety, he sees your concerns, and he notices when you're not with him, not just physically, but when you're not coming close to him, when you're not spending time with him, and he says, where's my daughter? Where's my son? Just to come and pick you up, carry you, feed you, sustain you, guide you, protect you. Oh my goodness. That's a whole other story for another day. He's a nurturer, but he's also a fierce protector. I hope that when you listen to this podcast today, it brings you encouragement. And it brings you hope to know you're a good shepherd. He's so mindful of you. Thank you for joining in on my help. I hope you'll come back and visit soon. God bless you and have a blessed day.